Okay, great. All right. Welcome to Oh Brother, Not Another Podcast, sponsored by Verso Studios at the Westport Library. And my name is Migs Burroughs. And I'm Trace Burroughs. And if you like the episode, please give us a good review. Today on our show, we have Katie Cassidy, actor, director, producer. She's had dozens of film and television roles. And she's also the daughter of actor and singer David Cassidy and the granddaughter of actor Jack Cassidy. And then of once teen idol, Sean Cassidy. And are you related? Admit, this should be Hopalong Cassidy. Yeah, Hopalong Cassidy? Hopalong Cassidy? Do you even know that name? No. Oh, okay. I was a, we were kind of kidding. But no, he was a huge, well, we're a lot older. We're uh, in the 50s and 60s growing up. He was the biggest cowboy star on TV, Hopalong Cassidy. Oh, hilarious. But you might be in, you, you might check, go to Ancestry.com. You might be in there somewhere. In your, Who knows, uh, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of us. Third generation in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Hi, you guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So you have a question to go, Migs? I do, if you don't. <laughs> oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so um, so you, you, you were in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and then after that, I guess... Because you did that, you got in a lot of these shock films or these like horror, Green you know, mm-hmm. dark, you know, films. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I guess that's why that happened, right? Well, I'm guessing that's part of it. But also, I mean, I want to work and I want to work, you know, I like working with good people. And um, I'm not necessarily, I'm both a fan of the genre and not, I mean, yeah. I just like creating, acting, <laughs> clearly, you know, directing, producing, all of the things. Um, and yeah, I guess when I first started, that was sort of how, what I was known for and how I, girls got to make a living, you know? Yeah, you know sure. Some big guys, actors say they take any job, uh, yeah. you know, big actors. I don't know if I could say I take any job, but I can tell you <laughs> that when I was young, and uh, almost broke. Yes, I would say very excited to be given work for sure. I mean, I've watched Taken. I love Liam Neeson and those Taken series and all the other things he does. So it says you were in that. What part did you yeah. play? I played the. I was the first to get Taken. Believe it or not. I you, played... What's your name's girl? Uh, exactly. Yes. Oh, really? That's you. Like and her parents. Amanda. Were... Yeah, she oh, was the first to get Taken. Yeah. Um, that was a really fun shoot and a really great movie. And it's too bad they killed my character because, yep. yeah, I think how many how many were there? Three, four? Yeah, I think there's four. Oh, there's three. There's three. I'm oh, really so. I'm curious because I think I heard this in an interview. What, uh, what was he gave you tips on how to play dead? So can you help us with that? Because I, I oh yeah, he, he did. He uh, he's a lovely, lovely human being, by the way. Um, he told me to take three deep breaths, like long breaths. And on the third inhale, hold it. Obviously don't open your eyes. My eyes are open when you find me. So he said, don't open your eyes. I'll give you a signal or something. And then just don't blink. But it was all about calming your breath and then exhaling. He said the last, sorry, the last exhale, not the last inhale, the last exhale, let go and you should be fine. And I was, because I'm still here to talk about it today. Did you also end up in that tent where they had, you know, made girls be prostitutes and all that? You know? Yes. 
Yeah. I was on the, that's where they found me. Um, yeah. With vomit, it was very attractive. <laughs> all over myself and dead. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Oh, it was a blast. Um, Paris, we shot in Paris. I was having a blast. I was 19 in Paris yeah. with my best friend, <laughs> literally. So it was an incredible experience. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of maybe a naive question, but when you're in those horror movies, uh, you know, there's blood and scary stuff. And I mean, do you ever have nightmares of your own when you go home? I mean, they're, they're, you're, you're, you're not experiencing the real thing. You're in it, but there's still there's there's people in gory situations and there's blood splatters everywhere. And yeah, uh, it's not a naive question. Um, and yes, to answer your question, mm. I and speaking of Nightmare on Elm Street, I was in the middle of filming that in Chicago while I was shooting Melrose Place here in Los Angeles, and so I was literally not sleeping much because oh. I was shooting the movie on the weekends and then I would fly here during the week and then fly there on the weekends. Anyways, it was a bit of a nightmare, but I also was having nightmares. I remember being on a plane and you know, in that state where your body is, you're just exhausted, your body's asleep, but your mind is just mm. has been go, 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 go. So it's almost like you're paralyzed. So I was on a plane and that was happening to me. I was asleep. My body was asleep. My brain was on or aware-ish was having some kind of dream of Freddy Krueger coming down the plane, oh. like down the aisle. Oh, <laughs> um, and then, you know, I had that, mo that I remember having that sensation of wanting to um, try to, trying to move my limbs or something to just even like hit myself in the face or something just to wake me up because it was, it was really terrifying. Um, so yes, to answer your question, that does happen. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't say it's nice to hear. It's just, it, it, it's a human experience, whatever. I mean, I don't want to see blood on the walls, even if it's fake blood. But. Oh yeah. No. And by the way, corn syrup, um, hmm. that was not fun. They would, oh. they, I had to lay in that. And in fact, it dyed my hair pink. Yeah. Um, but again, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So they're threatening uh, the actors. It's an actor strike is, possibly going to happen is that that would well affect? yeah i mean yeah. I, we're sitting here have, luckily this was like the time limit that i can sit here i mean 12 was perfect because as of right now i don't actually have i don't know at this very moment mm -hmm. uh, but after this i will be reading upon reading up on whether um there is officially a strike or or not but it does look that way and what are you doing for the project now what's that you're shooting you shooting anything out? Where would we shoot? Oh, right now, no. We had just, um, I just finished shooting. Well, a Royal Christmas Crush, um, which is a rom com and this very sweet love story uh, with myself, myself and Stephen Hazar. So no, we we had just mm -hmm. finished that and actually did a bunch of press because it just came out this last weekend. Um, which you guys can check it out if you want on the mm -hmm. Hallmark Channel. Um, so I'm not currently filming, but it seems it sounds like I probably won't be for some time until the studios get it together. You know? Yeah. Is it is the issues mainly around artificial intelligence and, and not having, you know, having a having a play in that or? or... Yeah, I, that is definitely one of the major issues. I think that and residuals and as an actor, you know, I. I studied my whole life, you know, everything, anything I do, and we have to go, I think part of it is too, like a lot of actors, we put ourselves 
not all the time, but especially when you're trying to build your career early, earlier on, you put yourself on tape or you audition and, and it, it's a lot of work. Um, and then you become more and more established. So I think that they're trying to figure out a way to those actors who are putting all this effort and time and blood, sweat and tears yeah. into our <laughs> tapes that there's some sort of compensation for that. I don't know whether that is going to be a win or not, but you know, for those people building their career, I think that would be, you know, a nice thing. Um, and then AI. Yeah. I think overall AI is so much bigger than just the, this industry hmm. and, and, you know, obviously the writers and the actors and it eventually, if we don't, you know, regulate it, it, it I feel like it can become so, so much smarter than hmm. humans in general. And it could eventually lead to our exit, our, um, it's so unbelievable on sci-fi but there could be robots that perfect their skin you know they already have silicone they could use to make those big dolls and 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 um you know and they'll live forever and they'll find out that humans are too soft and fragile and costly (laughs) to keep and the the robots will kill us off right just like a movie you know like Mm -hmm. both of the the robots Well, yeah, the guy. Know, it's, it's wild. It's just something that really needs to get some a handle it on itself almost because it's just the longer it, it goes on, the smarter it gets. Absolutely, uh, yeah, it learns from it. It learns from everything constantly. I yeah, mean, well, the, I think his name is Professor Hinton. Resigned from Google so he could warn people because he was involved in creating, helping Google, you know, propagate artificial intelligence, and he resigned so he could sort of warn the public where it's going. Who was this? I think his name is Dr. Hinton. I want to look this up. Not the second, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, right. a man named Mark Yerku, and he, I talked to him like six months ago about this whole business. He's a physicist and a creative person, and he says, I've already seen pictures of this. He digs into real, yeah. like... He's already like, seen what? Photos of... You know, people like us that are oh, replicants, like kind of replicant people. Yeah. Well, how about the deep fakes? Have you see, you must have seen the Tom Cruise deep fakes. You've seen any of those? Uh, no. Well, you're next. No, it's, <laughs> no, the technology is they would photograph, first of all, it has to be done. Well, it doesn't have to be done with your permission, but they need a lot of pictures of you from every angle. And I think ideally that you would come into a studio and you would speak some lines. So they got your mouth movement for every vowel and syllable that could be used. And then they, well, just like the new, the new Indiana Jones movie with a de-aged Harrison Ford, that that's all artificial intelligence. I mean, the real Harrison Ford, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but they kind of do a flashback, but it's not the old movies. It's him now, and they de-aged his face. And so isn't, you, isn't that what they did with Benjamin Button too? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It, it was a prim, more primitive method, exactly. Yeah, Benjamin it was Button. The movie where he had a younger. But version. yeah, it's. I mean, <sighs> but the fear is entire movies could be. I mean, you could start your artificial intelligent fake could star in a movie. And you know, maybe you I could be sitting on the couch <laughs> tacos. Sitting in t- Tahiti. I mean, they, you know, you, you wouldn't get the full salary. Anyway, that's the maybe it's, it's a crazy, funny. it's a crazy idea. It's a crazy world. But it also makes me, I did a video game uh, more recently where I started in it. And actually the process of fi- filming the video game is very similar to what you just described. It's 
you have a zillion million cameras oh, yeah. circle around you that are taking images and then you have to move your mouth in front of a thing they watch you talk they record your voice and then voila there i am in a cop uniform <laughs> in a video game and uh yeah it that's it's crazy this is what i'm saying it's not mm. and it, it, it it does need to have some sort of like regulation on top of it because at the end of the day like this is what we do for a living i'm a creator i'm a yeah this is my purpose is to tell story in any way shape or form i can and hopefully in a way that brings people together and does better for the universe that we live in. Um, and we're, yeah, we can't be robbed of that. No, it's not, it's not right. The, the humans, you know, two greatest assets is to do the best they can and the worst they can. I mean, like the internet, it's used for good and people find a way to use it for bad. And yeah. the thing, but you should Google sometime, Google Tom Cruise, deep fakes and, uh, they fooled a lot of people because he was doing all these like public service announcements and acting weird and funny. It looked just like him, but they implanted his face on an actor's body, but not in a cutout way. It's just what's it called, Tom Cruise? Deep fakes, deep fakes, F A K E S, deep fakes. Ah, or just okay. Google deep fakes. Obama talking, you know, I always figured that someone evil because there's so many evil, <laughs> greedy, crazy people that they could make one of the president saying. And send it to North Korea saying, you know, we're declaring war on you, you know. Right? It's crazy, right? What is happening in the world? It's, yeah. it's, I can't keep up. It's it a lot. Be, yeah. no. That's just kind of focus. Mm -hmm. What's ahead? Right? It's like putting on blinders. So speaking of good, you have a charity, don't you, that you're involved in? Uh, yes, it's a nonprofit, Help Malawi. Um, mm -hmm. Helpchildren.org is the website. Um, basically... I actually went there for two weeks um, oh. at the time at the school with these children who all. Well, that's uh, they, yes. Sorry, I interrupt you. No, that's okay. Um, MSNBC uh, anchor has a charity for desks for girls, for or stu all students. He mentions Malawi all the time. Oh yeah, um, this is at a school in Natumba, and it's like a thousand kids who basically from grade kindergarten through eighth grade um are all hiv positive and so i designed a necklace and 100 percent of the proceeds goes to the school um and help is is it stands for hope educate love and protect mm. um and just basically trying to provide these children with as much um education and give them the tools the resources because they really have nothing over there and so i went over there and i i taught them how they could, you know, recycle water over the plants. I planted a garden, um, which is now, this was years ago, but I've seen pictures and it's, it's huge. It's still like thriving, which is, makes me so happy. Um, a, uh, a daycare and, um, a hospital and a library. So I've been able to raise enough money for, for actually, you know, building these structures for them, um, and really trying to give them anything and everything possible so that they survive i mean it's really crazy once i came back re realizing like how important just like it, water over there is a delicacy it's like yeah, yeah. You can't, the things that we don't think about that we have resources to it's, it's not until you go to a third world country or you know someplace where uh the the situation is so bad it's just like it, it was heartbreaking but also it makes it feel good obviously to to give back um 
in any way I can. So I hopefully will be going back there soon. Um, I've been talking to Jillian, who's the CEO and founder, and she's, you know, after the pandemic and everything, she's just about to start kicking it back up. So hopefully I'll be in Malawi again soon. So you've been producing and directing what kind of films have you been? So I went through the Warner Brothers Directors Program um, in 2019. It's it's a three-month program, which was incredible. Um, And then I directed my first episode of Arrow, the television show I was on for eight seasons. Um, I directed our the third episode of the eighth season called Leap of Faith. And it was our final season. And I just realized, I mean, my whole world opened up when I realized I was like, wait a second. So you're telling me you're going to give me a sandbox to play in and I actually <laughs> get to just build the castle? <laughs> like I can, as long as I stay within the lines of the, you know, obviously with any show, you want to stay within the aesthetic of the show. Um, but I re- I was like, this is my, I think, hmm. I mean, not necessarily true calling because acting, which I love and forever will do, it's, is as well. But I was just like, oh my gosh. And so I love it so much. I directed that episode and then the show ended and then the pandemic hit. Uh, but during lockdown, I shot, I wrote and shot um, a short called America's Next Best President, which is a spoof on American politics. Uh, <laughs> around especially the 2020 election but i plan on releasing it around 2024 election oh Um, i can't see it yet all right no you can't see it yet uh but it is pretty funny um you know you got to make fun of yourself or your country sometimes because we have reality (laughs) star as a president let's not let that happen again america thanks so much please so is there, do you feel, I mean, I always think in, you know, deep down there's for every actor, there's a, there's a role you feel you were born to play. Do you have any, anything like that, that, you know, dream role that someday I'm going to play whatever, whoever? I mean, yes, I feel as though part of that has happened, but not yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think that, you know, Arrow was, I guess, that character in that role was fantastic and they really wrote for me on that show and I really sunk my teeth into that character. I think that that, you know, so was would be a character thus far that I can say, you know, would I chose one that was like, okay, this mm-hmm. is the one. I guess it would be that or The Scribbler, this um, movie that I shot uh, about a woman who has disassociative identity disorder um, and she's sort of in a halfway house and um, she starts hallucinating. You don't know what's real. It's not. It's a really cool, interesting little indie that I did. Um, but I actually sat down. I did the research and sat down with someone, this woman who had disassociative identity disorder, and I actually watched her. It was me, my therapist, and her. Uh, and my therapist. She was also. She was my therapist's client, and so my therapist kind of mediated the mm. situation um, because I wanted to find out, like anything, but also that causes triggers in someone who has disassociative identity disorder. So I watched her transition like seven times in the middle of my doing the research. It was very, I mean, I'm so appreciative of her, but I wanted to just do the best that I could to, you know, portray somebody who, who struggles with that. Is that what we know is uh, multiple personalities or is it something? Yeah, exactly. So can someone with that be cured? Come back. There's no, um, 
I don't believe so at this point, but you know, I think the only thing and circling back to what we were talking about before with AI, the only thing I feel like artificial intelligence could really be beneficial for in our existence is in medical field. So perhaps, you know, chat GPT could tell us what this, what the uh, cure is for a lot of things. And, um, <laughs> but aside from that, again, I don't think there's much room for AI, at least in the way that the studios think there will be. Yeah. Well, they hope not to have to pay the actors. So that's, that's yeah. Fine. Yeah. Well, that's not how the world works. You got to pay the people. <laughs> yeah. You don't pay the robots. Right. I mean, no, you definitely have to be compensated. Them using your likeness. Mm-hmm. If it's not being too nosy, would, would you want to identify or the significance of some of the ink you got going on? Your- uh, sure. This is, I got a statue that says warrior. You got to, you know, I've, mm-hmm. I've had a, an interesting uh, life, but I have a lot of gratitude for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, been through a lot. Um, this is just a, a tattoo that I got with my manager. This is three birds which has to do with Arrow, Birds of Prey, because I played Black Mary. Um, this says, I got you. We got each other, friends. You know, oh, nice. With, with a few friends of mine. Um, I have, I mean, every tattoo I have is meaningful and different significance. But uh, And this is the unlong, which is, it has to do with uh, sort of like this, uh, your life, like what your life is like until. You get to the, yeah. <laughs> A lot of detours. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but yeah. Well, speaking of that, I don't know if this is too personal, but you were quoted, I think, as saying your dad's last words were so much wasted time. Is that true? Is that an accurate mm-hmm. thing? Is yeah. that How did you interpret that related to his life? Well, I I think personally, I, t- I there's sort of like two things that... That meant, if that makes sense to me, I think it meant between he and I, we had, we didn't have much of a relationship until I was older. Um, But then, and I didn't meet him actually until I was in fourth grade. And then after that, he became a dear, dear, like best friend. I used to talk to him on, on the phone, like every night. I remember my first apartment for like two hours and and we were really close. And then, you know, he has his demons and drugs and alcohol. And eventually you have to, um, at some point, take care of yourself when around certain individuals who struggle with that. So I think when he was saying that so much, like, I think it had a lot to do with how our relationship and how much, um, sorry, don't mean to get emotional. I think him saying that had a lot to do with that, but also I think he realized he, you know, was on his deathbed and he could have been sober and could have had he kind of just settled down and, and, you know, I think he was just going, 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 and didn't take a second and didn't. And so to me, that's what I feel as though it, it sort of symbolized. And I think it just made me, have gratitude and appreciation mm. for every moment that we're here on this on this earth. So, I mean, was he? Were you, did you inter- interpret it as a, so much wasted time that he could have been spending more time with you instead of wasting? Right, time? exactly. I think that was part of it. Yeah, I think that's what he was saying. You know, he 
we could have had a, you know, closer, well, or longer relationship. Um, but he was such an incredible man and hilarious and smart. And so I try to, you know, hold on to, and that's who he genuinely was in a huge heart. Um, and so those were the, you know, that's the part of him that I, I try to hold on to for sure. Are you planning to, I think I heard, read, heard that you might want to direct a movie about a, a biopic on, on your dad's life. Yeah. I, it's funny you say that. I said, I, I, I mean, I would love to do that. Um, I mentioned something to my uncle Sean about it and he was like, Oh, your dad wasn't famous enough for a biopic. <laughs> what? <laughs> Like I don't know if he actually said those words, but or if it was just like the undertone, something along the lines. And so I was just like, what, what planet was he living on? I mean, you know, come on, <laughs> famous if, if they don't think it's could should be a big feature type theatrical release, and you know, I don't know. Or you were thinking more of a documentary style, like Ken Burns with pictures and reminiscences, or 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 um, you know, a theatrical, you know. A, with actors, you know, playing the part. I mean, if anything, I would want to make it a, a biopic, a feature. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's. It's funny because like I, I do. I write a lot, um, and I, even my mother's story, I've actually been thinking and and sort of developing alongside her ish. But you know, pondering. Mm. I did say to her, I was like, "Mom, what better? How how cool would it be if I wrote your story?" play to you oh. and directed it. Oh, great. <laughs> How cool would that be? Yeah. Um, so that is something that I've been working on. Obviously writing a feature takes an enormous amount of time and research and all of things. Um, but yeah, when I have the free time, which it, again, it looks like I probably will considering right, yeah. strike, um, get to focus and do, you know, focus myself on, on the stuff that I have in development and, it's so frustrating. Literally was about to take a pitch out for the show that I've been working on for the last like six months. And then the writer's strike hit like the day before. Mm. And I was like, okay, it's okay. This is the, everyone deserves what's right. And I totally agree. Again, it's the AI thing they're standing up for. They need to be paid. They're people too. And this is their job. We hire humans, not robots. Right. And they, now, you know, robots want the parts so we're just gonna have to look at reruns. I, I remember the there was last one that was kind of bored, got really to be tedious for people who watch television, you know, like not seeing new stuff. I guess all the talk shows aren't on anymore. I mean, I know uh um Bill Maher's show hasn't been on for like three or four months because of the writers. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of things have, have um have stopped. So So your mom was Sherry Williams, is Shelly <laughs> Sherry Williams is um could you give us a little breakdown of the Cassidy family tree? There's a lot of Cassidy's out there, including, so, you know, Hoffman yeah. Cassidy, who apparently is not related, <laughs> but. <laughs> so I have three dads, which uh, is a very complicated story. Um, David being my biological father, my father, and my mother, she was a model. Um, she had, I have two half sisters on my mom's side that I grew up with. So she had Jamie and Jenna, my two older sisters, uh, with their father, who she was married to, Dean. Um, and then she, they got divorced. She had, she had me with my father. Um, and then 
she married Richard, who she's been married. She's currently married to and is my stepdad. And he helped raise me along with my sister's dad. And my, so I like to say, it was like, okay, I have three dads that all probably come together and make up one and probably the perfect dad. <laughs> Takes three guys to just, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it was a, I've had a pretty hectic, you know, cause I have a half younger brother on my dad's side and the Cassidy family is huge. Um, obviously, if, as we've mentioned, I'm third generation um, working in Hollywood, Jack Cassidy being my oh, grandfather. Great, yeah. Who he played the first Superman on on Broadway. Really? Yeah, I think he won a Tony. I mean, he was like the best looking man when he, when he arrived on the scene. It was like nobody could believe that somebody was that good looking. I mean, it just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would have been so. It would have been really awesome to to have gotten to meet, to meet him. But yeah, actually, you should pitch it. You know, there was a show called My Three Sons. My Three Dads would be a, an interesting yeah. I love that you just said that because My Three Dads is in development. My is it really? three dads. Oh, see, okay. That's Correct. Cool. So smart man. And you're uh, attached to that project, I assume? <laughs> well, this is my life story. Yeah, so. right. Okay. Right. Um, this is the one that would be, you know. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Great yeah. title. Yeah, my myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Any uh Trace, any parting? No, I don't unless you want to say, say something that we didn't ask you, you know. Does you want to get out there or tell your be on, be on the lookout for a royal Christmas crush mm -hmm. on the homework channel. But also I have a film, a thriller that will be coming out at the end of the year called Bunker that I'm starring in alongside um Kate Bosworth. Tyrese Gibson and Devin Sawa. Mm. Suspense thriller. It's it was really it's intense, but really good. So be on the lookout for that. Good. I will. And um, America's next best president next year. Oh yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Exactly. Now. Oh. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Katie. Sorry. Thanks for you to spend the time and of course. Absolutely. Thank you guys. And hopefully um, the next time we talk, it, it's still you guys and you haven't been replaced by robots. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. We yeah. will be uh, well, 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 You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys. Have a great day.